Welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today. Well, we are continuing our sermon series this morning entitled, Love Your Dot, Dot, Dot. And one of the things that I have found curious is that um, growing up, I moved around a lot. Um, So my dad entered ministry when I was about four or five years old, and we lived in a number of different places in Oregon and then moved down to Southern California, and then my journey brought me out uh, uh, to um, Colorado eventually. And in that time, I've lived in a number of different cities in Oregon, lived a couple places in California, lived in Iowa for a little bit, and several places here in Colorado. And one of the things that I started noticing early on when I was really little is that wherever I went, I would end up in conversations where the majority uh, of the perspective was this, I can't wait to leave this place. And it didn't matter where I was. It didn't matter whether I was in Oregon or I was in Southern California. It didn't matter whether I was in Iowa or here in Colorado, everywhere I was, I would bump into kind of this dissatisfaction with where people were and this statement, like, I can't wait to graduate. I can't wait to finish my internship. I can't wait to promote and leave this place. And I always found that curious because some places that I lived, that would have made sense. You would have looked around and thought, well, that's probably how most people think. But then there was other places that I lived that would be places that other people had articulated wanting to get to. And then lo and behold, everybody there seemed to want to be somewhere else as well. And I always found that interesting. And when Beth and I moved here to Sterling, Colorado, early on my conversations as being a new person in the community and involved in some of those conversations, and and it would be like, yep, we just moved here, we moved here in July, and then this was the dominant question. Why? And it was like an accusing why. Like, why would you ever come here? Why would you ever be here? And we uh, started to speak uh, well of where we are. And this is what I've always said, and it will be two of our main points this morning. We are here on purpose, and we are here with purpose. We are here on purpose, and we are here with purpose. And what I've found, I've moved around enough to know that it can be really hard for people to love where they are. There's a variety of different reasons for that. Sometimes there's kind of this, you've, you've grown up, and your family's always been in one place, and you want to see the world. Sometimes there's a, a wanderlust, and you just, you want to travel, you want to have experiences. And there's some healthy things to that, but most often... People have a difficulty being where they are because they just, they just don't want to be there anymore. And they've missed out on the opportunity to be about what God is doing in that place. They don't have eyes to see it, and they don't have a desire to be a part of it. And in doing so, they, they end up missing out. They squander, I think, divine moments all the time because they don't have eyes to see them. And sometimes it's hard for us to love where we are because uh, it's a difficult place. It involves trials and difficulties, and sometimes we've lived somewhere long enough to end up being hurt or to be offended, to be disappointed. It's not what we thought it was going to be, and it didn't turn out the way that we had hoped. 
And we wrestle through those things. And oftentimes we think that if I just went somewhere else, it would be different. If I just went somewhere else, it would be better. And that, that, that's not just regular folks that do that. I've watched pastors do this. I've watched pastors who have gotten into difficult moments within their church families, difficult moments in the life cycle of their church, and they've thought, this place stinks, and if I go somewhere else, it's going to be better, that it's always these people or those people or this place and that place. And I've watched people miss out on being a part of a move of God because they weren't willing to just endure where they were with eyes to see opportunity and purpose. They were just kind of holding on long enough to get out of where they were. And I am a firm believer of this. Wherever you are right now and however you got there, God has in this moment a plan and a purpose and a hope for you and most likely for those who are around you. That however you ended up in Sterling, however you ended up in Northeast Colorado, however you ended up wherever you are listening to us online, and we've got people in other states that are a part of this, so this isn't just our region specific. Wherever you are and however you got there, even if you got there with poor decisions, even if you got there by making mistakes, that in the moment that you're in, however you fa- found yourself in it, that in this moment, if you would surrender it to the Lord and if you would choose to be there on purpose and to live out his purposes, that all of a the sudden there is kingdom stuff at stake. That there is hope and there is purpose and there is a future, not just for you, but for others. And this morning we're going to be looking at a portion of scripture that I think gives us a good template of how to view and to see that in the way that God walked his people through a very similar time. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and get that out. We're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 29 in just a little bit. If you've got your smartphone or your tablet, I want to invite you to open up your Bible app. Lord, we ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear your word this morning. And more than that, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear the kingdom opportunities that are right in front of us. Lord, the opportunities right now to be a part of your move in this world. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And then give us courageous, faith-filled hearts to say yes and to respond to that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Jeremiah chapter 29 is where we're going to be. And many of you would be thinking about landing on Jeremiah 29, 11, And we are going to get to that verse an oft-quoted verse, and it's one that is one that uh, gives us uh, a, a very clear um, understanding that God has a, a direction and a plan and purpose for individuals and for nations, and it has a lot of hope and application for us. But I think it's really important for us to understand the context and to see really a template of how the Lord walks us to have some specific expectations towards being where we are and making the most of where we are in partnering with Him. In Jeremiah chapter 29, if you, begin the, the, if you begin the chapter, Jeremiah chapter 29 is actually a letter. It's a letter within the overall book. The book of Jeremiah uh, really chronicles the narrative of the prophet Jeremiah um, to the people of God. And it's during a really tumultuous time in their own national history that they're being oppressed and subjugated by the Babylonian Empire. And what's happened is just before chapter 29 is Nebuchadnezzar has come in. He's subjugated the nation. He's basically made them a tribute state. He hasn't annihilated or wiped them out completely. 
but as was their kind of uh, mode of operations is he came in and he took the king and uh, deported him back to Babylon. He took all of the academics, he took all of the artisans, all of the people of influence, and he deported them back to Babylon and just kind of left the rest of us there in that place. And so it's uh, uh, in that backdrop that this takes place. And um, what's happening at the time in the history is that all of a sudden God's people are being subject to a foreign power nation and they have a desire and a design to walk in freedom and to be freed from that. And so the national perspective of the time, especially of those who were deported back to Babylon, was that, hey, it's just going to be a short amount of time and God's going to make this right. Like, you guys don't worry about it. Like, it's going to work out, and it's going to work out well, and it's going to be quick. And there was a number of people who were uh, prophetic voices at the time who were speaking that mantra, but it wasn't what God was saying. They were actually speaking what people wanted to hear. They, They were speaking the national hope, but not really the word of God to the people. And Jeremiah chapter 29 is Jeremiah's response back to those voices that were saying, hey, like this isn't really a big deal and it's all going to be over quick to say, no, this is actually what God is saying and this is how you're supposed to approach this situation. Because for God's people who had been deported at that time, those who had been carried away in captivity and dumped in Babylon, they were absolutely not where they wanted to be and they couldn't get out of there quick enough. There was no eyes for any opportunity, and there was no design for a future. It was just, God, get me out of here as quickly as possible. And again, I see people live their lives that way over and over and over in all kinds of different contexts. Get me out of this relationship as quick as possible. Get me out of this job as quick as possible. Get me out of this city, out of this town, out of this state. Over and over and over and over again, we have that tendency And for God's people, they didn't want to be there. They didn't see design for it. They didn't see God's hand in it. And they certainly wanted out of it. And so Jeremiah 29 is God's response to them. And it's a letter that was sent by Jeremiah to the people. And it's going to outline God's expectations of how his people should respond in the situation that they're in. And it's super applicable for you and I when we find ourselves in a place that we maybe would not rather be for any variety of reasons. But ultimately, he draws them to this. You need to have a heart for where you are. You need to have a heart for your city. So Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 6, or excuse me, verse 4, 4 through 6 is what we'll read right now. This is as Jeremiah's letter opens to the people. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all of those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. This is not what they wanted to hear. They wanted Jeremiah's letter to come back and say, hey, all of the prophetic voices that are saying this is going to be done and dusted quickly and that this is just kind of a short thing, we want Jeremiah to write back and say, hallelujah, right? That's what we want to hear. And he said, no, you guys missed it. In fact, you're saying what itching ears want to hear. You're not saying what God is saying. What God is saying in this moment, he's saying it's going to be a while. Build a house. Don't live in a tent. Don't live nomadically. Put down roots. 
plant a garden, eat of its produce. Oh, that's at least one season. I know how agriculture works. Get married, have kids, marry your kids off. Wait a minute, that sounds like a couple generations, God. I don't like how this is going. His response to them was to be where they were on purpose, to intentionally live there. Later in the letter, he actually outlines it's going to be 70 years. 70 years before God changes what he's doing in his people. 70 years of something that they weren't expecting or hoping for. 70 years of like, wait a minute, is this a mistake, God? 70 years. Two generations. And God is telling them to be there on purpose. Be there on purpose, to live intentionally, to not simply endure it, but to grow, to develop, to excel. Don't decrease, but increase. Wherever you are right now, be there on purpose. You're in a treatment center, be there on purpose. You're in a halfway house, be there on purpose. You're in a classroom, be there on purpose. You're in an internship, be there on purpose. You're getting your first step into your career, be there on purpose. Like, be there on purpose, be intentional, grow, excel, do it with excellence. And that doesn't mean that you have to do it forever. It doesn't mean that God doesn't have another design for your life. But don't waste the moments that you have right now hoping for moments that may or may not ever come. Make the most of it. Be excellent. Be the best. And not because you want to be the best for your own affirmation, not because you want to be recognized or receive accolades. Do your best. Be your best because it honors God. Because it acknowledges that there are parts of the journey, parts of your moment that may be really difficult, maybe even painful, but they're not unredemptive and they're not to be wasted. That they're going to be submitted to the Lord and he can make much of it. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul writes to the church and he says, whatever you do, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, wherever you are right now, be there on purpose and do it to the best of your ability. And you may have gotten to where you are through a whole bunch of mistakes. You may have gotten to where you are for the consequences of poor decisions, but that doesn't mean that the moment now and moving forward is not useful if you submit it to the hands of God. Be there on purpose, on purpose, intentionally craft a life partnering with the Holy Spirit that honors God and makes a difference in the world around you. Be there on purpose. I'm reading a book right now called The Business Revival. It's about a man who decided that he was going to look at his corporate career as an opportunity to be used by God. And he began to just kind of do voluntary prayer before work. And it chronicles the hundreds of people who have been led to Christ in his workplace because of that 
beginning thing that God just kind of started moving because they were willing to start praying. And so he considers kind of all of these types of ideas of, of being where you are and seeing ministry opportunity in whatever your vocation, whatever your craft, whatever your station is. And he starts talking about this idea of excellence, being your very best for the Lord, being your, doing your very best as like you're doing it to Jesus. His name's Brandon Heron. He says this, he says, excellence is viewing our work as a sacred calling. And it is a commitment to be faithful even in the little and the mundane requirements of a job. Like you may be in a dead-end job right now, but that doesn't mean that it can't be used by God. It doesn't mean that you can't make a lasting, eternal kingdom impact. It doesn't mean that God can't use it to shape your character. And it doesn't mean that he can't use it to carve a path to a new and better job. It doesn't mean that you should just acquiesce to just accepting that station in life and that you should never long for anything better, that you should never see anything greater in your future. It's not to suggest any of those things, but it should suggest that you grab the moment that you have and you say, Jesus, how do I squeeze all the heaven out of this moment? How do, how, how do we make a difference here? Making sandwiches or delivering food. How do I make a difference here? within this corporate construct that seems to kind of tie my hands and I don't really have a voice? How do I make a difference here when I'm the low person on the ladder? Like, how, like how, do I, how do I live this type of life on purpose? And what are you preparing me for as a result of that? Just be where you are on purpose. Man, I love this community. And I've had a heart like that in every community that I've been in. The Lord's given me a heart for the place that I'm at. But can I, can I tell you, like, I love, I love Sterling. And I find it curious when people scratch their heads and they, they, they can't see it. It doesn't make sense to them. I love Northeast Colorado, and I never thought that I would say that. I've never been more fulfilled in ministry. I'm having the time of my life. It's wild when you allow God to give you a heart for the things that he has a heart for and you give yourself wholly into just being a part of what he's doing. Man, I'm not in Sterling because there's nowhere else for me to go. I'm in Sterling because there's nowhere else I'd rather be. On purpose, be here on purpose wherever you are. And even if it's just a short time, you're in school or you're developing your career, even if there's designs of God to move you out of this place, don't miss what he has for you in this place. And don't let the community miss what you are to offer as an ex expression of Jesus in our community. Be here, be here on purpose. And he moves from that statement of, of to intentionally live where they are to the very next verse, verse seven, God says, also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Hey, wait a minute, God. I didn't wanna be here to begin with. I know, pray for that place. Yeah, but this place is full of people that don't like me. Absolutely, you should start praying for that place. Nobody here seems to like you either, God. Yeah, I know, start praying for that place. Start contending for something different to happen and to change in that place. 
Dude, world history is wild. If you study the rise and fall of empires, the Assyrian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Persian Empire, the way that world conquest kind of moved, and you'd use that and study it with a juxtaposition against Scripture and see how God used and moved His people through all of that to orchestrate historic timelines and places in uh, the rise and fall of nations that they had prosperity because the people of God were there and a move of God happened, counter to all of what you would expect to take place because of that type of people and what they were about. See, when God challenged his people, it was to not just live there intentionally. It wasn't just to kind of make a life for themselves, but it was to be there with purpose, to be there on purpose, but then with purpose, to recognize that even though they were forcibly removed from their homes and they were carried off into captivity by a foreign nation and dumped in a city that they didn't want to be there, that God's hand was in it. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. Don't make a mistake. Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians didn't do this. They were my instruments. I moved you there. And if I moved you there, then I've got a kingdom strategy at work. And as much as it was used to refine God's people and to draw them back to him, it was used to impact a nation. They were strategically placed there for kingdom mission. And then he said, pray for the city's prosperity because if that city prospers, you're prospering as well. Wherever you are, if you live in Sterling, you need to be praying for this city and this community. If you live in one of the surrounding communities, you need to be praying for those cities and communities. You live out of state, you live on the other side of the world, you need to be praying for where you are, contending for the goodness of God to be experienced in that place. And he challenges his people to recognize that wherever they are, they're representing him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul writes to the church there and he reminds them of this. He says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. That you're like the representative, the formal representative of Jesus in this world, as though God were pleading through us. We who implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, that wherever you and I go, we represent the redemption and the salvation that is offered in Jesus. And the way that we are to live and steward our lives is to be an open invitation to everybody to come and to taste and see that the Lord is good, to come and experience that type of radical transformation. That wherever you go, you are a representative of Jesus. And I know, raise your hand, like, I'm not a good representation of Jesus. Yeah, same. I don't always get that right. I'm not a very good ambassador. I don't feel really up to the challenge. Same. But you're an ambassador. And I don't know if we understand what that means very often. Formal representation with authority. Did you know that? You are an ambassador for a nation. Formal representation. 
of the authority of that nation. In fact, when we take teams to, to Thailand or when we do international travel, one of the things that we always look up is we look up where the U.S. Embassy is and we get all the contact information for that in case that's something that we need to fall back on because that's where you retreat to and that's where you go to because that's where you actually belong. And Paul uses that metaphor over and over in Scripture. He would say that you're an, uh, a, a foreigner in this world, that your citizenship is in heaven. He uses that type of language over and over and over again to draw us to this truth that we are representatives of heaven, that you are a kingdom ambassador, that you are blessed to be a blessing to the world around you. In that book, The Business Revival, it talks a little bit about ambassadorship. Pastor Drew says, every time we see God heal the sick, forgive a sinner, and deliver the afflicted, we get a glimpse of his kingdom. That's what it's supposed to look like. You represent the kingdom of God wherever you go. Your cubicle is an embassy of heaven wherever you go. Wherever you work, wherever you're stationed, becomes holy ground. It becomes heaven on earth possibilities because of the Spirit of God in you. Wherever you are, be there with purpose, with kingdom purpose. And we make a mistake when we begin to just think, okay, I'm just going to endure this and get it over with. I just, I got to get this semester over with and I can get out of here. I got to get this internship over with and I can get out of here. I got, man, I just, I just got to get this promotion or I got to get this other job transfer or I've got to, got to, got to, got to, like, don't be so quick to change your place that you miss what God is doing in that place. And again, that's not to say not to have hopes and dreams. It's not to say don't ever move away from home. It's not to say any of those things. But don't be so mindful of what could be or would be somewhere else that you miss what God is doing here, what he could do with you right now. Don't squander that moment. Be wherever you are on purpose and be there with purpose. And then you get a glimpse of living life according to his purpose. Jeremiah 29, verse 10 to 14. God encourages his people with this. He says, when the 70 years are completed, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That promise nationally, that promise for the individual is tied to living a life where we are intentional and where we are partnering with the things of God. It's when we live on purpose and we live with purpose that we see this promise come to pass in our life. So many people will quote this verse and they will long for something that they're not taking any steps of faith to see take place in their life at all. And it will always be a longing and never an experience. And then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. 
and I will bring you back. I will gather you from all the places that I banished you. There's three things here that I just want to highlight about God's purpose. Wherever you are, be there on purpose. Live intentionally. Okay, craft a life with partnering with the Holy Spirit. Be there with purpose. See the kingdom opportunities. But here's what God speaks about his purpose. Number one is his purpose is always for your good. Even his design for their captivity and exile was for the good of his people. And he works all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The second thing is this. His purpose will always draw you closer to him if you let it. His treatise to them was that you will call on me, you will pray to me, and I will hear, I will answer. You will seek, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You may be in a really difficult place, whether this is a a season or this has been kind of the duration of your life then you may have eyes to get out of this location or your employment or your class schedule. Like You may have eyes for something else. But even in the difficulty, God can draw you closer to him as a result of this. His purpose is always for your good. It will draw you closer to him if you'll let it. And then what you see illustrated in those verses is that he will lead you into it, he will lead you through it, and he will lead you out of it. It's the same thing that you see in Psalm 23, where you're led into the valley of the shadow of death, but you fear no evil because his rod and his staff comforts you and he leads you out. It's the same picture. Wherever you are right now, be there on purpose, live intentionally, partnering with the Spirit of God to live a life with purpose and align it with His purposes. Amen? Church family, if you would stand, we're gonna respond in just a couple ways this morning as we close. I believe that the Lord wants to give you a heart for your city. He wants to give you a heart for the place that you are, the place that you live, the people that are there, the assignment that you have right now, and it may not be the dream. But if you have a heart for where you are and you partner with the Lord, man, it could be an amazing thing. And it may, it may be short-term. God may have you in our community for a short amount of time. But it doesn't have to be wasted time. And wherever you go, he'll want you to have a heart for that place too because he'll be orchestrating those steps. He'll be leading you into that place. Now, I, I love... I love this city. I love this area. I love this church. 
I love the people here and I'm fully aware of all the problems that we have in our community. But man, I'm here on purpose. And I'm here with purpose. It took Pastor Beth and I six years to convince our church we weren't gonna leave them. We're so used to people having their eyes somewhere else. Man, just get your eyes on the moment that you have now and partner with the Lord in that. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes for just a moment. I wanna ask you a few things to think about, to just imagine with the Holy Spirit. And the first one is this, how might your life be lived differently if you began to live it intentionally? If you purposely chose right now to be where you are, that you didn't just break down, that you didn't get stuck, that somebody didn't circumvent your plans, but that you right now in this choice, God, I'm gonna choose to be here and I'm gonna choose to live intentionally. What would that look like this week? How might God be using your circumstances right now? And maybe this isn't the dream for you, but how might God be using this circumstance to draw you back to him, to draw you close to him, to cause you to pray, to cause you to ask and to seek and to knock? What would it look like if you, if you followed that invitation and surrendered your life to Jesus today? And then how could you discover God's purposes in the details of your life? What would it look like to begin to uncover that? How could you begin to live as a heavenly ambassador this week? Lord, would you open our mind's eye? Would you open our hearts to how you would help us to answer that with the leading of your Holy Spirit? Lord, give us a desire to live on purpose. Lord, give us a desire to live with purpose. Lord, give us a heart to contend for your purposes. And Lord, let this time be one that draws us back to you, draws us close to you, near to you. Lord, that wherever we would go, we would be an ambassador of Jesus, that whatever we would do, we would do it with excellence. Lord, that instead of saying, I can't wait to leave this place or this person, Lord, we would say, I can't wait to see what God does in this place or in this person. That we would understand that your plan to give us a future and a hope include the moment we're in. Help us to live this week as an ambassador of Jesus and to love where we are, to love this city and the people in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Action steps for you this week. You can snap a picture with your smartphone or tablet if you would like, but the first one is begin to ask God to give you a heart for your city, for your community, for your workplace, for your class. Remember that wherever you go, you're an ambassador of heaven. Everywhere you step your feet becomes holy ground because of the presence of God. And then number three, live out that kingdom purpose in practical ways this week. Love your city.